What do you get when you mix puppies, Italian food, wine, bourbon, and an inspirational talk? We're going to find out from our two guests today. Also, what do you do when someone else gets the credit for something that you did? In fact, it's an image that was created by you, and it's seen every day on our dime. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune. Thank you for joining us for fresh perspectives on issues and events with experts, community leaders, and everyday people who are driving change and making an impact that shapes our society and world. This show is co-hosted by Arnold Stricker, myself, and Mark Langston, who is on assignment today. What do you get when you mix puppies, Italian food, wine, and an inspirational talk? Our guest, Monica Adams, tell television and radio personality, and Jessica Cook, who's owner of the Yuppie Puppy Pet Spa and Yuppie Puppy Rescues, is here to talk about that. I want to give you guys a little introduction first, because I, I think it helps people understand what this is. Now, Yuppie Puppy Pet Spa, but this is a big deal. Jessica, she's the owner of that. She was named the Small Business Person of the Year by the St. Louis District of the Small Business Administration. And she's the 2023 winner of the Influential Businesswoman's Award by the Acquisition International, which is a monthly digital business magazine, and it was awarded as the most friendly dog grooming salon owner in Missouri. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. And our other guest, Monica Adams, she is a host, reporter, writer, producer, anchor, and editor in St. Louis media. She has been a news director for many radio stations here and also for television stations. She's an assistant sports director. When she covered the Blues, Cardinals, and Rams in radio, she worked for Fox affiliate KTVI and Traffic Entertainment Fitness Health and Reporting and was recently the morning anchor on KSDK, the NBC affiliate here in St. Louis. She writes and produces many things related to wellness. She's a personal trainer and wellness specialist, designs and is a wardrobe consultant specializing in men's fashion and if that wasn't enough, she released her own new woman's clothing line. Welcome, ladies, to St. Louis in Tune. Glad to be here. This is not all about just promoting yourselves. No. This is a you're getting together for a cause that is supporting the Forever Rescue, the Yuppie Puppy Forever Rescue. And it's going to be a, a time coming up on November the 4th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Clayton Winehouse. So let's talk about that. First of all, Jessica. What is the Yuppie Puppy Spa? <laughs> Yuppie Puppy Pet Spa. We're celebrating our 20th year in business. It's a holistic approach to everything pet services. So overnight hotel stays, grooming, boarding, daycare. We realize that each pet is different and all those needs are different. We do whatever it takes to help your pet thrive for whatever service they're Coming to see us. With. And you've grown from a small business to now you have what, two? Yeah. So it, in 2003, it was a 1200 square foot building with just my, myself and one other bather groomer. And we've grown to today. I have 52 employees and two, uh, two locations. And when did the rescuing and adoption thing kind of start with uh, the yuppie puppy? So it was something that over the years, um, I was uh, always helping clients find, we're rehoming pets. So we had several clients over the years pass away or their mom was elderly and they said, oh, you 
they're always so fond of you taking care of our dog. Could you please help us find her maybe another client or somebody else where it'd be a, a best fit? And then in 2019, during COVID, we became a nonprofit and we filled all of our rooms that were vacant because wow. travel was at a cease. And we went to local shelters, emptied them out and have found them all homes. And and so our main focus is finding orphaned animals who were once loved but and had deceased or terminally ill owners. Wow. And it's is it hard to find them? It It is. Sometimes they're those specific dogs that need a, that specific home, but they do eventually all find their home and they never run out of time with me. So we, when that perfect match comes along, then we, we say goodbye and bring on another one. There you go. Now you guys are teaming up. How did you two meet to get this off the ground and organized? It's fairly new, but we have mutual friends that introduced to both of us. I had heard about the great work, <clears throat> excuse me, that Jessica had been doing just with Yuppie Puppy Pet Spa alone, but it's the rescue that really tugged on my heart. I'm a big animal lover. Anybody who knows me, I'm very big into rescuing animals. And I've done a lot of work in my 30 years of being in the media industry with all the different organizations. I was not familiar with hers. My thing is always giving back, being philanthropic, volunteering in every way I can. And when I heard what she was doing, first of all, if you walk in her facilities, they're stunning. Okay, so what dog wouldn't want to be in Yuppie Puppy? And being taken care of from the boarding and the grooming and all that. But I told her, if it was just, that wouldn't have us teaming together. Right. It's what you're doing. It's I'm very big on passionate people, and I draw from the energy of somebody else. I had her come in, and we did an interview, and I actually surprised her on air. Because we were putting this together. The whole evening with The Real Monica Adams was just a vision over lunch mm -hmm. to start sprinkling out some events that we wanted to do. And so when I had her in for the interview, I said, all right, we're going to do breaking news. Are you ready? And she goes, what? I said, I'm going to give 100% of the proceeds for the live and the silent auction to you. Wow. And she's like, what? But it came from when my husband and I walked through. We walked through and toured the facility. I actually went to Lake St. Louis and Cottleville. And we were walking through Cottleville's location. And I was like, I just, I love this. And then we started talking about the rescue. And I looked at my husband. So she did over here. She thought I was going to, the surprise was. And I was like, oh, darn it. I didn't give you breaking news. Did you tell your husband that beforehand that I think maybe Monica's going to do something? I just mainly talked about how your energy just, I, I love it and revived me. And you were so passionate. And I, I just told him about our, our teaming up. So he didn't get the breaking news until I got the breaking news. <laughs> sure. No, there's a lot of things that we want to do together. But it started with, again, like most really great things starts with a, with a vision of where can we go with this? And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I looked at this event and thought it started with, let's just bring people together. Mm -hmm. I do motivational speaking all around the world. Let's mm -hmm. do a little bit of it that night. Mm -hmm. Let's bring in some good food, some wine, some whiskey. But let's have a volunteer and a, a an organizational nonprofit component to it. So when we started talking about that, and then I said, so someone's like, okay, so you just want to give some of the proceeds? And I said, no, not some. Let's give them all to them. And they're like, no one does that. And I said, we Here are. we are. Here we are. And I'll tell you what, Jessica, I cannot believe what we're pulling together in a skeleton crew because we just launched the show back in March. <laughs> but it's 30 years, Arnold. You get it. Right. Being in the industry, people are now coming forward saying, remember when I told you everything you've done for us? Now it's our turn. Right. Pay it back. And that's really, I just got chill. That's really what the world should be about is give and take and give and take and be there and lift each other up. So I'm thrilled that we're going to be able to do this for her. I have a goal. I'm not going to tell you I have a goal in my mind of what I want to raise that night. And It'll be another breaking news. Yes, it is. <laughs> we got to come back to tell you how much we raised. There you go. Now, 
on the adoption, you adopt these dogs, yes. right? And so there's a particular process that you go through. You're just not letting somebody walk in and say, yeah, I want this dog. No. So we, and like I said, our dogs never run out of time. And it's all about finding that perfect match. We have open meet and greets or we have the application process. And it's really in detail on lifestyle. If you're a homebody and we want to find you that best match, so we bring out several dogs that we know their personality. We involve, if there's kids in the home, they come several times. If there's other dogs in the home, they come several times. So it's not a, a quick process because it's, we want it to be the last time they pack their bags. It's truly happily ever after. And there's no rush. So if people want to go through that process and really get to know that dog, it's all about setting them up for success in the transition period. Now, you've got the yuppie duppy. Yeah, yuppie duppy. <laughs> yep. I have to say this slowly. The yuppie puppy spa and then the yuppie puppy forever rescue. Yep. How much time or percentage of time do you vote devote to the rescue portion in relation to the whole? So our dog, our rescue dogs are treated like our guests. They get weekly spa days. The trainers are training them for those puppies that need the manners and no jumping and not running through the door. Our organization is fully invested, just like our clients. We're staffed 24 hours a day. And as myself, I primarily, I still groom because I love to groom and mm -hmm. I will always do that and have my clients that have been with me for 20 years and new wow. dogs. So I, I split my time between both. I've got a great a team obviously to help me because it takes a village for the business and the rescue side. How many dogs are we talking about in the rescue side? Currently, we have 52 because we just had a pregnant mama give birth to six babies. Oh, Surprisingly, wow. Wow. when we transferred her, we're like, oh, she's not fat. She's <laughs> <laughs> There's babies in there and she's doing great. They're two weeks old today. Is this oh, wow. the yes. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Monica, you mentioned the Real Monica Adams show, which started, what, in March of this year? March 1st, we started at my house with just, like most people do, with just a cell phone and mm -hmm. just set up a little thing at the house. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, no, I, I miss having guests on, and I don't want to have guests on always through Zoom. Right. And I'm not going to have everybody coming in and out of my house. Right. So we took over a space in Brentwood in the University Club Tower building, and we launched there on June 12th. So Mondays and Tuesdays, I'm there. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we call it Mobile Monica because that's literally my life. Right. I'm everywhere, so we had to be mobile. And the show is about? Positivity. Okay. And, and describe because you have the triangle of life theory. What is that? Yeah, I launched that years ago with my own personal training clients. We had a transformation journey program that I took them through. And mm -hmm. I have forever known in my 25 years of training that when someone's not reaching their goals, it had nothing to do with the food or the lack of exercise. It was that all the components that we need in our life were out of balance. So you can't just say, I'm going to go into the gym and I'm going to work out. That's it. That's all I needed. Or I'm just going to start, and I hate the word diet, I'm just going to start a diet or eating healthy, and that'll take care of it. A lot of times the weight, the depression, all the things that are holding somebody back are usually from some type of a trauma or abuse mm -hmm. or someone bullying them in the past. So we do timeline therapy, and then we go back to that point, just like you do with the dogs. There's rescue dogs that have been through their shaking. They want to try to find their way to trust again. And then all of a sudden they blossom, right? She gets to see this transformation in them. I do that with my clients. So we go back. I do life coaching. Mm -hmm. And I started that. I started it years back, but I started it more so when I walked away from television that I could take more on. Mm -hmm. And we walk through the mental side, the spiritual side, mm -hmm. and the physical side. It's the triangle of life. Those mm -hmm. three things. But I make it up into 
33 and a third percent of each one of those mm-hmm. makes up 100%. If your mental's out of balance, then you're only 75% there. Right. If you have two of them out of balance, we're down to 25%. Right. So every morning, and it's this simple, I tell everybody to wake up, draw a triangle on the top of their journal. I hope they're journaling. If they're not, find a piece of paper, draw a triangle, and then think about, do you have to be told to go work out? Are you not motivated? Do you need an accountability partner? Okay, then maybe physical needs to be at the top of your triangle until you get it and it's just attached to you and no one ever has to. That's me. Physical is always on the bottom of my triangle. I don't have to have that be told to me. Mm -hmm. I know that's going to get completed in the day. So the bottom of your triangle is the Mm no-brainer. The top of the triangle is what's weighing heavily on you. Is it your spirit is dampened by the world and what's going on? Is it mentally? I'm so frustrated. People are telling me I'm not this. I'm not that, even though I feel like I am. So mental might be on the top. But that triangle will forever change. And it's beautiful to watch in a journal going back weeks, months, years to that particular date and go, wow, yeah, this is what I was going through. And then to see this beautiful transformation that happens within you. Okay. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. We're talking to Monica Adams and Jessica Cook about an activity that's going to take place November the 4th at the Clayton Wine House from 6 o'clock to 8 p.m. And let's unpack that a little bit. Uh, what's the evening, like when somebody walks in, what's the evening going to be like? Because there's some silent auctions going to be taking place, et cetera, like that. How's the setup so people can mentally know I'm ready to go for this activity. If they've never been, first of all, it's, and I'm very big on supporting local. This is where, especially as we get ready to get into the holidays, this is where I would tell you to go. If you're going to buy wine, you're going to buy spirits, you're going to buy beer, you want to make a nice charcuterie platter. They even have pastas and syrups and olive Mm. oils there. Beautiful place. So Sean and Chris and Tim are the owners. My brother, Craig, is a sommelier there. They have beautiful events. They have an incredible event space. If you've ever been to the Sears or the Willis Tower, and you know where you step and you go, I feel like I'm going to fall through, right. right? That's what they have there. So the top part is all the wines and the spirits, like I said. And then all of a sudden you'll step up and you'll see this glass and you you do the same thing. You're like, oh, wait, I'm going to fall through. And you can see down below to the event space, okay. which is stunning. So I chose it because, one, I just want to help out Clayton Winehouse. Two, I think it's such such a beautiful space. And then we teamed up with Trattoria Marcel regularly has gotten one of the top Italian restaurants right. in St. Louis. Very the good. Comorec family is just amazing. The food we're going to have that night is all from Trattoria Marcella. Okay. Now we're going to have wine tastings. And I highly recommend if a lot of people, they're like, oh, I buy bottles of wine. It's not what I wanted. That's why you should do tastings. And then right. find out what you want. Maybe go and say, okay, I've had a few tastings. I'm going to buy a bottle of wine with my friends and family that are there that night. Or bourbon tastings. If someone doesn't drink, they'll make a little mocktail up for you. And then we're going to just visit with like-minded people that are all wanting to make this world a better place. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into, I'm going to do about a 10, 15 minute motivational speaking, a little uh, introduction to what I do when I do my speaking engagements. Okay. Talk a little bit more about, you know, how we get to that triangle of life and, and complete it. And then we'll go into a, a live auction and silent auction. Okay. And then we'll do a big check presentation for her that night because I have somebody tabulating everything for me. Um, And yeah, just it's from 6 to 8 p.m. And it's just it's going to be a feel-good night. People all go out to dinner or you, you you wait to the last second to to pick what you're going to do for the weekend. I say go to it now. Go to You go to my website, therealmonicaadams.com. There's a tab that says what's new. Click on that and that's where the event is. There you and go. just go out with the girlfriends, go out with the guys or get some couples together with your family. It's going to be a cool night. That sounds great. That sounds great. And, and we have a couple furry friends yes. there, too. Furry friends. Yeah, yeah oh, furry friends. Okay. I said, Jessica, you got to bring some of what we're raising money for. But they're not part of the auction. 
no, not part of the yeah, auction. Yeah, that's, that's a no. good thing to say, Lorna, because sometimes people are like, oh, should we auction them up? Not a rescue. No. Now, Monica was mentioning about the triangle of life theory. Now, we have a dog and we also have a cat, but dogs have a way of helping you in situations. They know your emotions if you're tight with them. Mm-hmm. And can you describe some of the things that you've gone through personally with your animals and how they have helped you bridge some uh, situations in life or help you through some situations in life also? Oh, gosh, so many. So dogs, animals, I have horses, goats, donkeys, too. I have all the things. Animals truly make you be present and have a way of clearing out all the busyness and because they live in the moment. So to write the, just that moment, if you're stressed, they lower your blood pressure. Just that taking a second to just soak everything in and maybe forgetting something and looking into their eyes. And from the rescue dogs too, the transformations that they do from day one when we get them from whatever situation, they're not all from terrible situations, but it's a new environment. It's, mm-hmm. it's just different to them. So from sometimes they just need us sitting in there with them, just not making eye contact, just being a presence, having that energy in there with them. And then beautiful things start to happen. Then they start to get a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And it's amazing to see the dogs from day one to maybe two weeks later, three weeks later, totally different dogs. And that's why we can't stress enough that during that transition process, the three days, three weeks, three months, sometimes even longer, just take your time, be patient with them. And they don't come pre-programmed. Sometimes they just need us to sit with them and figure them out. And yeah, then they will be the best friend you ever could have asked for. Did you notice a difference in, I should say, an increase in the number of dogs available to be rescued after the pandemic? Unfortunately, yes. So we call those COVID dogs. Everybody was adopting dogs, which was fantastic during COVID. And then they slowly started to, we've seen them in the shelters and come back. And a lot of it was frustration from, so we were all at home. The dogs were all at home. That's all they knew. And Mm -hmm. then you started to leave and frustration started to set in. Why is my dog destroying this? Why is this? It was just, they needed to be acclimated a little bit more and end on positive notes. And not all dogs are want to, just like me, I don't maybe want to go to a concert, but I want to go out to dinner with a couple friends. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm comfortable. So really being their advocate and figuring out what what is important to that dog. And we can't stress enough. A lot of people say, oh, I was going back to work, so I didn't have time. The dog that is in 24-7 care in a shelter would rather be alone waiting for you to be home and possible daycare or pet sitters or they sleep most of the day and need that rest and are happy in a crate. We, we work on crate training with our rescues because we want that to, the, a lot of the causes, if you go go shopping for a couple hours and you leave a puppy alone, it's going to do puppy things right. and have that safe space where they enjoy being in there and they're safe and so are your floors and your baseboards and all the things. <laughs> and you do dog training too. Training, I'm saying, mostly for the owners. The dogs get the training, but the owners get the training too. (laughs) Yes. All of our dogs, the rescues, we work on all things. We get to know them completely before they go up for adoption. And that's a big part. Of course, when we get some new fluffy in, everyone wants to submit an application. But 
Is that dog food reactive? Is it going to be good in a home with kids? How it, we need to know if it's good with other dogs. So we take a pause and let that dog know when he's, he or she is ready to be adopted because we want to set the potential adopters up and that dog up for success and know everything about it. Right. And then we offer 50% off training on all of our adopted dogs at Yuppie Puppy because they're, the owners are going, the potential adopters are going to say, well, it's doing this now and it's doing this. And we want to be there to talk through and almost all of them that reach out and then do the training with us once adopted, they say thank you six months later, like the best dog ever. Cool. Now, Monica, you've had dogs since you were a youngster? Oh, absolutely. And they've always been rescues. We, it's just, if you've never rescued a dog before and you've bought dogs, nobody's knocking that, but it's, I don't know, Jessica, isn't, there's another level of a rescue dog, I think, that they just know you rescued them and vice versa, as opposed to going in and going to a breeder or going to a store and buying a dog. They're all great. We love animals, but I don't know. If you have not ever had a rescue dog, you don't understand what I'm talking about. Right. Right? If you rescued, yes. 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 It's it just another level. So we have three right now. My husband, what happened to stopping at one? I'm like, no, they need to have friends. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we have a Shiba Inu, which do, do we know what we're going to have that night? We're probably going to, we have two Shivas most likely that will be coming with us too. And that's another thing in rescue. There is not a breed I have not come across yep. that really? eventually needs a home. And we tell people network with, if you do want something specific, also to look inside yourself and say, why do I want that dog? Is it just because it's cute or am I prepared for its breed traits and personality right, and all the things? Right. But if you really network with other, with all rescue groups and shelters, Missouri is number one in puppy mills eight yes. years in a row. Correct. There is that dog that you want out Absolutely. there for sure. You yeah. just might have to network a little bit. Yeah. This is my third Shiba Inu and they have all come from rescues. And I have people like, oh no, those are expensive dogs. You buy at auctions or whatever. And I'm like, no, you get them at rescues. You just need to educate yourself on that. Right. Everybody wants the golden doodles, right? Everybody right. wants these purebred mixes, um, designer mixes. And you'd be shocked. All you have to do is walk into a rescue. But at the same time, you might change your mind because one of them's going to pick you and, and it's probably going to be a different breed. That's right. They, they usually give you the eyes yes. Yes. or, or something like that. The, the sad sack eyes. We had <laughs> uh, one. Uh, bear. He he gave us the sad sack eyes, and mm -hmm. it was like, okay, you know, <laughs> we're we're hooked here. Matter of fact, uh, I wanted to mention that the oldest dog passed away recently. He was thirty-one years oh, and one hundred and sixty-five days goodness. old. Thirty-one years. Thirty-one years old. He was the oldest living dog currently, and and at the time, and then the oldest living dog on record. What kind of dog do you know? Let's see here. A, I thought I had a nineteen-year-old. I thought that. Was I don't know what kind he is. And he, that's a good kind of segue into a lot of people's when they hear a dog is seven, eight, nine, ten, or they have a gray face, they say, I don't want to go through losing a pet. And we say, you're not promised tomorrow. And we personally have adopted several of the what we thought were hospice cases mm -hmm. six years long of it. <laughs> I'm like, this dog will just be with us. Husband right gives thumbs up over there. And. They those old ones are just so appreciative, and they, they do break my heart because their whole world is turned upside down, and and that and their sunset years, they just want to be in a home and and so loved and loved. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's they're part of the family. It's hard to give up on them, or hard mm -hmm. to make that decision when that time comes to do that. But to me, that's 
part of the responsibility of caring for an animal, right. and ta- whether it's a small one or a large one. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want you an animal to it's suffer. Part, it's part of the family, so you wouldn't give your kid away. Right. We would hope. Right. right? But, but these rescues all too often see people go, oh, no, like you can just toss them away. This should be treated like your child, and you should be ready for it, and you should educate yourself. I We talked on the show about... And I, and I love that she used this because I remember years ago loving Siberian Huskies, those beautiful blue eyes. Who doesn't? But their energy level is through the roof. Oh, yes. You better be ready for that. She's not just going to let somebody come in and say, I want a Siberian Husky. Oh, we've got one right here. Here you go. Walk out the door. No, she's going to say, are you ready for it? You better get out there and exercise that dog. Do right. you want a dog that has energy? Ten times what you probably have. Otherwise, maybe it's not the right fit for you. And do you live in a place that has a, a, a yard or right. a park nearby other than living in the city where there's nothing around where you, where are you going to go exactly. to exercise the dog except yeah. around the block? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 30 second commercial on what's happening on November 4th. All right. November 4th, 6 to 8 p.m. Clayton Winehouse, food from Trattoria Marsala, bourbon tastings, wine tastings. We have live auction, silent auction, 100% of the proceeds from the auction going to Yuppie Puppies Forever Rescue. A little motivational speaking and an incredible time with like-minded, positive individuals. And to get more information or tickets? Uh, we go to the realmonicaadams.com, click on the What's New tab, and then there it is, and you can purchase tickets. Tickets are going fast, though. Monica Adams and Jessica Cook, thanks for coming on St. Louis in Tune and talking about this coming upcoming event. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. What a great activity, folks. You need to sign up for that November the 4th, November the 4th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Clayton Winehouse. We're going to take a break right now, and we will come back because we've got some other things that we want to discuss with you. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langson of St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in Tune on behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. In 1857, the Dred Scott decision was a major legal event and catalyst that contributed to the Civil War. The decision declared that Dred Scott could not be free because he was not a citizen. The 14th Amendment, also called the Dred Scott Amendment, granted citizenship to all born or naturalized here in our country and was intended to overturn the U.S. Supreme Court decision on July 9, 1868. The Dred Scott Heritage Foundation is requesting a commemorative stamp to be issued from the U.S. Postal Service to recognize and remember the heritage of this amendment by issuing a stamp with the likeness of the man Dred Scott. But we need your support and the support of thousands of people who would like to see this happen. To achieve this goal, we ask you to download, sign, and share the one-page petition with others. To find the petition, please go to dredscottlives.org and click on the Dred Scott Petition Drive on the right side of the page. On behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, this has been Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in Tune. Thanks for listening to St. Louis in Tune. On each and every show, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories and interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. Hey, we cover a wide range of content in the arts, crime, education, Employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing and humor, justice and sports, and that's just to name a few. While St. Louis in Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we connect to what is going on nationally as well. If you missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis in Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. 
There you'll find every show from our first to our most current. Use the search engine and look for a show that might interest you. And if you have an area that you'd like us to examine deeper, let us know. Just drop us a line at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis in Tune, heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website again is stlintune.com, stlintune.com. Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold's Tricker with Mark Langston. Mark is on assignment today. I want to give you the information about the Yuppie Puppy Forever Rescue event that's going to take place on November the 4th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Clayton Winehouse. That's 7911 Clayton Road in Clayton, Missouri. Food from award-winning Italian restaurant Trotteria Marcella. Good food there, folks. Good food. Wine and bourbon tastings courtesy of the Clayton Winehouse. And a motivational speaking engagement from Monica Adams, a live and silent auction with 100% of the proceeds benefiting Yuppie Puppies Forever Rescue. And if you want more information or tickets on that, you can go to therealmonicaadams.com and then click on the What's New tab, and you will get information there, and you can buy tickets and check that out. So I encourage you to do that, folks. That's the... Yuppie Puppies Forever Rescue Fundraiser. And, you know, folks, things like that, they need uh, assistance. And, you know, there's many, many dog rescue places in the St. Louis metropolitan area. And they do a variety of different things uh, to different extents, maybe not to the extent that Yuppie Puppy does. But everybody has their own personal vision and mission for what they want to do. They, they all agree that they want to rescue uh, animals, specifically in this in this case dogs, and want to care for them and make them make sure that they go to a wonderful home. And many of these rely on your uh, individual donation and support. Uh, they just don't have some great benefactor that uh, funds them and keeps them moving. So I encourage you to uh, check out maybe your local dog rescue place. Check out Yuppie Puppy Forever Rescue. And maybe you want to go to that event. Maybe you want to do a donation if you can't go that particular evening. So I want you to, to encourage you to do that. I neglected to read our return to civility. And on the return to civility, you know, the back of the book, this is a, a speed of laughter project by John Sweeney. He writes... Act the way you want the world to be. And that's what this whole book is about, and that's why we read these things, because life gets a little uncivil sometimes. And so here is one. Take extra money you're going to spend on supersizing at a fast food restaurant and give it to a charity, maybe like the Yuppie Puppies Forever Rescue. You can lose weight, and your money helps other people, or in this particular situation, helps dogs. So take extra money you're going to spend on supersizing, at a fast food restaurant, or maybe you're going to buy that cup of coffee or that second cup of coffee or that pastry or that Danish or whatever you're going to buy and give that money to a charity. And you might think, okay, well, gee, that's only like mm, six fifty, seven bucks. Mm, maybe I'm upsizing, so maybe that's an extra two fifty, three bucks, four bucks. What's that going to do? Well, you know, if you have a lot of people doing that, that 
accumulates. And so think about that. That's a good thing to do. You know, I mentioned before the show, what if you're doing something and someone else gets the credit for it? Kind of rile you up a little bit? Well, there's a woman who created an image, and it's seen every day on our dime, and that's the image of Franklin Roosevelt, that profile view of him. And Selma Burke was a very influential American artist, but she wasn't first an artist. She was a nurse and a teacher while she was an artist. She was one of ten children born in North Carolina. Her parents told her, hey, you know, I know you love being an artist, but nursing's more practical. You're going to make money. And this is during, folks, the uh, early 1900s. So she graduates from uh, a nursing school in Raleigh, North Carolina, and becomes a registered nurse in 1924. Now, you know what's going to be happening several years down the road, the Depression. She was a personal nurse for a very wealthy client in New York City, and she was able to uh, work with her, keeps her going through the Depression area time. She also uh, practiced nursing in uh, the Pennsylvania area. She, uh, when she got through that kind of Depression time, was working through that, she had enough money saved, and this lady who she was working for uh, knew she was interested in art, so she studied a sculpture and became associated with the Harlem Renaissance writers. And she worked uh, in Harlem for the Works Project Administration, that's the WPA, and the Harlem Artists Guild, which is a very interesting group of people. Uh, and when you go back and you look at uh, historically what some of the artists and the authors and poets were doing, that Harlem Renaissance group was a very dynamic group. She got an opportunity to uh, teach some art appreciation and education to some New York youth. She traveled across Europe then and studied and honed her skills in Paris and Vienna. As a matter of fact, she met Matisse, who praised uh, some of the work that she was doing. She came back to the States in 1940 and opened up her own school of sculpture in New York City, and later that year graduated with a Master's of Fine Arts from Columbia University. Now, I say all this because of what's going to be occurring here in the next few years. When the war broke out, she became one of the first African-American women to enlist in World War II. She drove a truck at the Brooklyn Navy Yard, and she saw this national art competition and entered it, and the competition was to paint a portrait of FDR, and she won the competition. And the uh, relief that she did of his portrait is probably one of the most famous works, and it was the model for the profile of the president on the dime. Now, what's unfortunate about this is she doesn't get the credit for that because if you look on the dime, it there's the initials J.S., which doesn't make sense. It's not Selma Burke. Uh, and it, that is the former U.S. Mint's chief engraver, John Sinek. And he took the credit for the design. And many people say, oh, well, you know, he did do some designs on two metals that were used as his example. And they were done, I believe, in, one was done in 1935 and the other one was done in 1941. So this precedes her 1943 uh, bas-relief of FDR. But I looked at those and they're in kind of in a reverse, but they don't look anything like the dime does. So if you look at, at her bas-relief of FDR that was done, which, matter of fact, 
It's hanging in the Recorder of Deeds building in Washington, D.C. currently. And if you look at that and you compare it to the dime, you go, I said, well, there's no comparison. He took her design over the ones that he had done in 1935 and 1941, and he's taking the credit. There was an individual, Booker T. Jones, who had an opportunity to interview uh, Selma, and uh, I want to play a little audio recording to kind of set this up. She's talking about uh, right after she won the particular competition and was trying to get to Washington, D.C., she wrote the president. She's comparing this to the Houdan sculpture of George Washington, and he came from Europe to do that of Washington. So she's making some comparisons with Houdan's journey to take the sculpture of Washington versus her traveling to D.C. to do a 45-minute sitting to draw a sketch of his profile. So this is Booker T. Jones' interview with Selma Burke on that particular situation. I wrote Pregnant So I said, I got up and I wrote Pregnant And I told him what I know about George Washington, about Mr. Hudal. And I said, dear Mr. President, I have one the distinct honor of doing the full fire. And I have big chunks to all the newspaper lads and where I could find a profile of you. And there are no profiles. But I said, uh, I had one assignment and I would like to uh, tell you that Mr. Hudal took shorts of French sculptor. And he was invited by the governor to do the portrait of George Washington, Mount Telepred, and I think she's, uh, to do George, I first president, and he took two months and a half to come by boat to Atlantic Fifth to do the best, the best bus we have in bronze of George Washington. There was, I didn't add this, but there was, you know, Gilbert Stewart's portrait of George Washington. And there are no people, but the ones that we know are the Gilbert Stewart's and the Hedon bust of five, five, and dawn. And so I said, but President, it will take me a collide by train, arrive by plane, and I have a floor automobile I could be in Washington in five hours. If you just see me for 45 minutes so I can wait till charcoal can to serve you, uh, from profile. And, um, so he answered back and said, dear Salvers, I'll see you on the morning of February the 22nd, which was George Washington Thursday. And so I went there around the 10th, the 10 o'clock. So she had that opportunity to do the, uh, sketch of FDR. And she wanted to go back to do some more, and that's he passed away prior to that particular time. She got the bas-relief completed. President Truman was the one that dedicated it. And it's like I said, it's still, it's still hanging in one of the government buildings. Later on, she received some honorary doctorate degrees and completed her last, what I would say, her last sculpture at age 80. And it is a eight- to nine-foot uh, statue of Martin Luther King, very prolific artist, and uh, sculpture was her main uh, venue and her main medium for for uh, her artwork. So, someone who has endured, and her family and legacy has endured 
not being recognized for the work that we see every single day when we get coins out of our pocket and we grab a dime and we see FDR's likeness on there. It is really the likeness, in my humble opinion, of Dr. Selma Hortense Burke, who was an American sculptor, member of the Harlem Renaissance Movement, and she made some magnificent inroads as a black woman in an era where women, especially those of color, didn't have many opportunities at all. We haven't had an opportunity to do some humor, so I, I thought we would get back to that. Several shows we haven't done humor, and let's try a little bit here. Um, people with siblings have better survival skills because they've had experience in physical combat, psychological warfare, and sensing suspicious activity. Mm-hmm. Hey, folks, if you're working out a lot, don't forget to drink water and get some sun. You're basically a houseplant with more complicated emotions. I know many of you out there like eggs, uh, some hard-boiled, soft-boiled, some fried, some scrambled. Many, many people like. Uh, eggs on hamburgers. They like eggs on maybe salads. Eggs are fantastic for a fitness diet. If you don't like the taste, just add cocoa, flour, sugar, butter, baking powder, and cook for 350 for 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Here's a fun fact. Uh, Women spend more time wondering what men are thinking than men spend actually thinking. You know, you go into restaurants or pubs or bars or things like that, and when you go into a restroom, there sometimes they have uh, signs up, a variety of kinds of things. This particular one was in a, a unisex bathroom. It said, how can a man who can't hit a deer at 250 yards keep missing the toilet? We all have that one friend that we can't put on speakerphone because we don't know what's going to come out of their mouth. Goodness gracious. And it doesn't matter how old you are, buying snacks for a road trip should always look like an unsupervised nine-year-old was given $100. Hmm. Yesterday I was cooking dinner. And my son came up to me and said, one day I will work and help you with the bills, the groceries, and the house expenses. My goodness, my eyes started to tear up. My baby will be 32 next month. Oh, my. Finally, my bills are washed. The laundry is paid. The clothes are baking and dinner is in the dryer. I really have got this. I just want a covered porch so I can sit outside in thunderstorms like an old lady with my coffee and mumble, we needed this. Okay, and last but not least, we have to stop saying, how stupid can you be? Too many people are taking it as a challenge. Well... That's all for this hour, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can listen to additional shows at stlintune.com. 
consider leaving a review on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback helps us reach more listeners and continue to grow. Thanks to Bob Berthasel for our theme music and co-host Mark Langston. And we thank you for being a part of our community of curious minds. St. Louis in Tune is a production of Motif Media Group and the U.S. Radio Network. Remember to keep seeking, keep learning, walk worthy, and let your light shine. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Stricker.